You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the chumba life. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere, and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hello. It's everyone's favorite sex toy enthusiast, Drew Gasparini here with another episode of Now We're Talking, the podcast where I sit down for a deep dive with my show business friends. Today's guest is my pal of 10 years, Justin Guarini. Uh, I just want to give a little disclaimer that before this episode, we had a number of tech issues, but we finally got it recorded. Thank you to Justin and his Zoom account. Uh, This episode has everything. We talk about American Idol. We talk about his career on Broadway. There's even a moment where I leave in the middle of the interview to take a piss. What doesn't this episode have? Ladies and gentlemen, now we're talking with my friend and yours, Justin Guarini. Justin, do you still have a MySpace? You know what? It's probably floating around there somewhere and i got really excited when i heard that justin timberlake was like buying it and gonna you know right. bring sexy yeah. back what right remember that, that? Yes. yeah he's, he was like no he went out and he played golf instead he's like forget <laughs> it he's like oh, I, got, uh, I got golf with t-bone uh, around noon i'm gonna i really i really enjoy that like the people that got excited about justin timberlake yes. buying myspace they were like oh yeah. thank god we're gonna get it back baby That's right yeah into myspace <laughs> Uh, All right. Well, hey, we're here. We're talking. This is it. This is I'm on your Zoom. You're recording this, but this is my podcast. Welcome. How are you, Justin? I'm I'm great. I'm great. Um, I'm feeling good now that I've changed your sponsor to uh, Zoom. From yeah, Zencaster, we've absolutely. gotten rid of Zencaster. Yeah, it's well, no, no they Zencaster dropped me. Hour. Apparently, I, I didn't lose. <laughs> I didn't get rid of them, but they they dropped me. Yeah, um, I'm doing really well though. Look, as well as anybody can be doing um, sure. in this space and time. Uh, yeah. When you when I first saw you on Zoom, your hair was doing something. So uh, you looked a lot more like 2002 Justin Guarini with that hair, the way you have it. Is this quarantine or is this just like yeah bringing it back, baby? You know what? It's a little bit of both. I was on a a real good uh, career trajectory in Mm -hmm. uh, the beginning of 2020, like like many people in our profession, really. At least things were holding steady for some people, but I was like ready to... Uh, I would be in a Broadway show right now, the Britney Spears musical Once Upon a One More Time. That would be running at this moment. Uh, I was supposed to be a presenter on the Billboard Awards, and there was going to be a huge, um, uh, what do you call it, ad uh, marketing sort of campaign tie-in between the Billboard Awards and Lil Sweet as they released the new yeah. flavor of yeah. uh, uh, Dr. Pepper and Cream Soda and all that. And, and many things were happening. And I was like, you know what? I think I'm going to bring bring the hair back. And, um, you know, fast forward to present day, it, it's kind of like 
I, I smoked crack in 2002 and <laughs> and and decided to grow my hair. No, it, it just has gotten to a point where the, it's now its own entity and it is apparently strung out on something uh, and, and apparently does it while I'm asleep. A lot of people, you're making a lot of people happy bringing it back, I think. You know, there is something to be, and that was the whole point. Like, you know, when I think about it, I, I put my marketing hat on um, mm. and, and barely able to stuff it over my head because of my hair now. I, <laughs> like, I think, uh, yeah, yeah, like, that's what I did there. Thank you. Uh, dad jokes, dad jokes. My kids are downstairs. Yes. Uh, and so, uh, so, so here we are. I put my marketing hat on. I'm like, okay, I have the opportunity to reintroduce myself to a, a much larger audience here in 2020 with a brand new musical, which is going to be uh, hopefully well received and and has a huge international star attached oh, yeah. to it, right? In 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 name and in music, she's not in yeah. it. And uh, the star and, he's speaking of is Justin Guarini. That's the star you, that was I mean, attached to. I didn't want to. I didn't want to say that. I was fishing, really hoping that you <laughs> the would star attached to the Britney Spears musical. <laughs> yes, Justin Guarini. <laughs> Look, you know, you you take press where you can get it, and so. Um, I was like, okay, how can I, how can I just reintroduce and bring something back and like here, just bring back some good times. Cause we were at the end of 20, you know, we were at the end of four years of a, of, of a presidency that many people in our profession really were not a fan of. And so all this stuff was happening. And so I'm like, I'm going to grow mean. my hair up. <laughs> great. I don't know. I got, I I got a huge job. tax break. Yeah. I, don't, I, got a, I got a great tax break out of it. What the fuck are you talking about? This pandemic was basically just swept under the rug. I thought it was, yeah. uh, it was pretty yeah, great. We, we rounded the corner for sure. Oh, yeah. yeah. Well, what was the number of deaths? Like four or five at this point. Yeah. It's uh, yeah. We're laughing about death. Um, right. Well, you're working with Keone and Mari. Yes. I mean, no. look, anybody knows, most people know. Keone and Mari, or I should say, got their first taste of Keone and Mari mm -hmm. in Love Yourself, which was um, the big Justin Bieber. Um, uh, you can go Love Yourself. I think what Ed Sheeran, I think, wrote that. Yeah. And another yeah. guy wrote it. And so um, they basically did the music video for it. So if you go back and you look at the mu music video for Love Yourself, it's uh, I think it's all black and white. And mm -hmm. it's this amazing video because you see these two people, this man and this woman, who are obviously in relationship and they're doing these really beautiful... I mean, it's just gorgeous, gorgeous choreography and yeah. goes so well with it. And they just like, I mean, they literally were given like 24 hours and they're like, go make it. That's and their they shit. Did. I mean, like, honestly, anybody who's yeah. listening to this, go to Instagram and look up Keone and Mari Madrid. They are so bananas good. They're going to yes. be, they're the choreographers for Karate Kid. Yes. So I mean, like, how amazing is that going to be because of the sort of, the way that they're choreography It's not going to be because is. of my score. It's going to be because of whatever <laughs> they're going to incorporate to this show. That's what I, I know. They're just so inventive and amazing. And what they do, like, nobody else does what they do. It's very, yeah, very exactly. Cool what they do. Yeah. Um, Justin, let me let me throw it back. I got a couple of geared questions here, but I really yeah. what the, the whole point of this podcast, I mean, like we could talk about and we're going to believe me, good Lord, believe yeah. me, we're going to talk yeah. about some of the things people would anticipate us talking about. But dick I want to go back mostly. to some mostly dick jokes. That's right. Oh, first, <laughs> God, you motherfucker. Let me tell you when you sent the we were we were texting back and forth yesterday and I said, wow, you get up at 5 a.m. every day. Who are you, Kevin Hart? And the only reason I said that is because he is so loud about his hustle and his workout routine and all this shit and you come back and say oh you said that because he's the only black person you could think of how how dare you <laughs> well you know there are perks to being at least half black like i am where i can throw out those jokes yeah <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> you know what I mean? But no. But, it, but I, a guy like me who's 0% black is just left in the water going, no, yeah. no, 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 I didn't. <laughs> yeah, and of course you weren't Of course you weren't even thinking about that, but that's that's part of the, the fun of being able to, uh, uh, you know, really tickle your whiteness there. Yeah, thank you for tickling my whiteness. <laughs> tickling my whiteness is the name of my memoir coming out. Everybody yeah, can exactly. check that out. Exactly. <laughs> Um, exactly. So I, I want to take it back to before American Idol, where the the nation kind of picked up on Justin Guarini, and then going forward, you've done like a th- your career is so multi pronged and and multifaceted, and it's mm. really kind of outstanding. So we will talk about that. But I want to know about your childhood. I want to know oh, about wow. the house you were raised in, what your parents' oh situation God. was like. Do you have siblings? All of that. I know a bit of it because you and I shared a dressing room while we were uh, doing yeah. Rent. A number yeah. of years ago, I was Mark and you were Roger. That's yeah. that's the pairing everybody was hoping for. And... <laughs> right, <that's>, right. <laughs> well, we could have been uh, uh, Benny. And, no, wait. What, what was it? Uh, Angel and you're going to edit this part because I'm going <laughs> to. Um, <clears throat> the theater fans are going to kill you for not knowing. Like, okay, we're we're obviously doing the fucking Oprah interview right here because yeah, I'm going to go yeah, way back. It. It's a deep dive. People can Google all sorts of shit about you, True. but let's go to the True. ungoogleable. Yes. So the ungoogleable is I was uh, conceived on a hot Jamaican (laughs) night. No, this is actually true. uh, Yeah. And my parents went to Jamaica on their honeymoon and, uh, you know, one thing led to another. And so uh, anyway, I was born in Georgia, Columbus, Georgia, to be uh, exact, which is about, uh, I don't know, hour, two hours southwest of Atlanta, Georgia. And so my father was a police officer who would then go on to be chief of police in Atlanta, the first black chief of police in um, Atlanta, maybe even in the southern region. And my mother was um, a an anchor, an, an anchor woman. She was a, a journalist. And she would then go on to be one of the first people to start up CNN in no uh, 1980, whatever it was, 86 okay. or something like that. And so basically, I grew up being the son of a police officer slash politician, as well as a... Um, you know, 24 hour newscaster. So I would remember waking up and straight. I was like, it was like, where am I going to wake up today? I would either wake up in the back of a police car because my father was really intent on just making sure that uh, if I needed to be, if, if my mom was out and, and she was, you know, called in at four in the morning to get ready for the first whatever news hit on the weekends, my dad obviously had his job and, and was a police officer. And he would literally take me in a blanket and put me in the back of the cop car, which is, I've never actually really been arrested in the back of a cop car, but I've spent a lot of time in the back of the cop car. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, uh, And so I would wake up and all of a sudden we'd be at some scene of something. And it wasn't anything that was traumatic for me. It was just like, oh, okay, I'm I'm here uh, in this place. And then I would wake up some points and I would be on a cot in my mom's dressing room as she was putting on like, you know, the pancake makeup ready to go out to do the news. And so that's kind of the like way I grew up. a fever dream. I mean, like you're yeah. either in the, like the way you're describing is like, well, sometimes I'd wake up, I'd be in the back of a cop car or sometimes I'd wake up and I'd be on this cot. And like, I love that you're being moved in your sleep is what it sounds <laughs> yeah, like. Cause you're pretty just waking much. Up in different I was a heavy sleeper apparently. And, uh, <laughs> and so that was the way I grew up up and and all of it I, I just don't believe that there are any coincidences and and the reason why I feel so comfortable in front of a camera or the reason why I feel so comfortable reading some script off of a teleprompter or the reason why I feel so comfortable just delivering a performance is that I grew up in this sort of almost performative childhood yeah. where um, <clears throat> in the south 
there's a, uh, a phrase called uh, children should be seen and not heard. And so while that wasn't necessarily truly the way I was brought up, there was some of that uh, social, uh, I guess, pressure to be that way when I was younger. And so sure. then when I was around all these politicians and I mean, I would travel all over the world with my dad because eventually he got into a um, uh, to become chief. And so like when Nelson Mandela came after he was freed and he did his big U.S. tour, I was wow. there when when the Jackson five uh, did their victory tour and a lot of people who were entertainment stars um, would come through Atlanta. I was there um, when there were politicians and people who would come on diplomatic visits um, to Atlanta, at least in the summer, I was there. And so I grew up around all this pomp and circumstance. And then um, uh, opportunities like I was less than five years old. And back in the day when um, a teleprompter operator would operate the teleprompter, which is what the people, the newscasters look at to read the words on the camera. Right. right. Um, and and so it, it it now it's a computer, right? You type in something and then boom, you pop it up and it goes up on the screen. The the uh, um, newscaster can read it. But back then, in the early '80s, it was literally a camera that sat over top of what we would consider a grocery. Um, uh, those things you put your grocery belt, like those things you put the belt on yeah. the belt, whatever yeah. belt you put your stuff on before they check it out. And so a guy would have to take actual paper that had writing on it, lay it down on this conveyor belt, and then make the conveyor belt move the paper in front of the camera or underneath the camera at whatever speed the reader was reading. Right. So as this that guy, is... I was there. I mean, it's just like, yeah, it seems like banging rocks together to make fire now, but it was this experience that I remember being there and like twiddling. He let me twiddle the speed wheel and he's like, slower, faster, slower, faster. And I was like, hey, what's that orange button down there? He's like, don't hit that. That's that's a self-destruct. <laughs> Obviously, oh it was the <laughs> yeah. so, like, so some fool let me operate a live telecast teleprompter. And so that's the kind of weird shit that I grew up doing as a child. So that's how fake news was invented. They had <laughs> exactly. running the teleprompter. That's it. So in all of this, I mean, the, the, I can see like how you were immersed in, in a somewhat of a, a, I mean, like very two different lives with your dad mm. and your mom, but there's a lot mm. of show business kind of around you. When did singing and who in your family sang? Did you just like surprise the hell out of your family? And be like, hey, <laughs> Could you imagine? Like, that's hey, it. I do this. Yeah, it's like, uh, you remember Charlie Chaplin with Robert Downey Jr., that movie. He's like, yes. I wish I could tell you that I walked in there and the cane just sang to me and like the hat right, right, and all this right. stuff. No, it wasn't that. It wasn't anything like that. I, I just started singing. There was a, uh, um, with my parents, my dad sang, my mom sang, but really my dad sang. And uh, there was a song by Ashford and Simpson called like Love Lift Us Up, where love lift us up where we belong. Oh, of course. Like, yes. yeah, right. Yeah, one of the old just, and and so, um, or that might not have been Ashford and Simpson. Solid. That's what it is. Love Lift Us Up was, uh, what's his bucket? The guy who looked really, really fucking strange. Um, Barker. No, Barker? Fuck. Bob, Forget Bob it. Barker, Bob Barker. Bob Barker, you know, before... Yeah. No. <laughs> Bulldogs and Bulldogs and Englishmen or Madman and Englishmen. I forget what his fucking name uh, is. They it's were not, a sponsor. Edit this part out. Totally you're gonna you're gonna you're gonna edit you're gonna edit this part out uh, because uh, uh, the song that I'm thinking of, there was a song, um, uh, Solid, is Solid, Solid as a Rock, and that was Ashford and Simpson, and I just would sing that 
in the car with my parents and then there was a piano in our hallway and they would notice that I would in my you know infantile way pick out melodies and stuff on the piano and just start playing it and so the people in my school said to my parents you know he can carry a tune in a bucket and uh, uh-huh. they were like uh-huh. all right great so let's put him let's put him in something and they ended up putting me in the Atlanta Boys Choir at 4 years old i had to audition for the Atlanta Boys Choir you were 4 and years old yeah i was 4 when I, they let me in at 4 wow. and uh, yeah and i just remember being terrified because there was this guy and i swear his name was Wolfgang his name was Wolfgang and he was the and like wolf he was like straight up straight up hiding you know it's like he's like either the the nazis went to argentina or they apparently became conductors of uh, either way way, at the end of rehearsals for this thing he put a cape on and he was a vigilante or something that was it that was it yeah and so uh i remember being terrified uh of him and uh yeah and so that would that began my choral uh singing of all this really sacred really beautiful music Oh my God. And then, so like in high school, I'm going to make an assumption and forgive Mm. the assumption. We all know what that Mm. means. It means Mm -hmm. making an ass out of Drew. (laughs) And me. And me, myself, (laughs) Drew. So just Right, right. In high school, my prediction is that you were like the most popular kid. And I want that to be the case. I want you, you, I mean, like, you just are so charming. You're so personable. And the way that you sing, it gets, it gets men pregnant. I'm actually, I'm, I'm, I'm getting aroused at your praise. Um, (laughs) I, I was not the most popular person in Ah. high school for sure. Not. No. Um, I was, however, someone who was able to go between the various factions. Uh, you know, you have your jocks. Oh, so no. you were you would bounce from group to group. You were, no, you were... I could operate in all of those groups. I'm, you know I'm what so I mean? Similar like, to that. Yeah, yeah, I know. Exactly. You know what I mean? Like it's like yeah. I, no, nobody. Like obviously, I had my like my theater people and my choir people. Those are my people, right? right? But like I was, uh, you know, co-captain of the volleyball team, right? So I could yeah. operate with the jocks and like the soccer kids were like the coolest kids in the world. And like I remember, like. I would be in the hallway and I was like, yo, what's up, John, who was uh, um, uh, a little bit older than me, who played volleyball, but he was hanging around his soccer friends. He was like, yo, what's up? Like, meanwhile, we were like, yeah, hey, yeah, what's yeah. up? Yeah. <laughs> like in, in like real life, like outside of his soccer friends. But like, he's like, yo, what's up, bro? Like when yeah. he's with his soccer friends. So like that happened. And then like, uh, I remember just like the different factions of people. I was always able to move in and throughout them. But my people yeah. were the choir people and the theater people. And and in any high school situation, that that is not going to make you the most popular kid. No, that's that's world. very, very true. That's a, yeah. yeah. That's where you're allowed to let your freak flag fly a little bit. Exactly. And. and yeah. And, and and fuck them all. I'm happy that that w- those were my people, right? But yeah, I mean, uh, look what you do for a fucking living. I think that hello. speaks levels. You. you want to hear something real crazy? First yeah. of all, yeah, I was the same way. I was. I just made myself amiable. I just wanted people to. There was a maybe. There was a desperation for people to like me. I t- we talked about this a little bit. With sure. Oh, of course. I felt that. I felt that. You just kind of want the acceptance, and I was homecoming king. And I, I mean, this. I never went to one game. I didn't go to one <laughs> dance. I just, I just was homecoming king because people were like, oh, he's the guy that we all kind of vibe with. And yes, it, amazing. And, and I was so liked by teachers. I'm really, I'm patting myself on the back too much. This is going to make me sound no, like I a hear you. So you ready for no, this? No, it's okay. Everybody go ahead. This. Right. 
I had like whatever is beneath failing, like an F minus. <laughs> I had like a, I had like an M. I had like an O or a P. My grade was so low in Spanish. And the teacher says, listen, listen, here's how it's going to go. If you want to pass this class to graduate, I mean, it was that dire. You won't leave high school unless you pass this class. If right. you want to pass this class to graduate, all I'm going to ask you to do is learn Give a Give me a hand job. Learn, yeah. Oh. So I gave, so I gave Senora Lowry a hand job. Uh, no, no, no. And that's her real name. So no, I feel yeah. horrible. I'm going to keep yeah. that in. Anyway, um, yeah. but I, she said, learn a song in Spanish and play it for the class and I'll pass you. And uh -huh. here's what I did. I sang yesterday by the Beatles in perfect English and she still passed me. What does this teach the youth? Just be charming, folks. You'll get yourself out of anything. Oh my gosh, that's amazing. How you sang yesterday <laughs> in English. English for a Spanish final that she gave me like custom made like i'll let you sing a song in that spanish in order to pass funny. this class and you, did you do it in front of the class did you do it I did in, front in front of the, of the class? class i had my guitar i played i played yesterday wow. by the beatles and and, and wow. everybody hated me but you are look look we've known each other for a while now and, and this explains now. this explains a lot really <laughs> this really truly explains a lot of how you managed to keep getting away <laughs> with, i don't deserve with the, any of the things i have <laughs> I don't that's, any of the success. that's not true that's not true at all <laughs> but like i see that i see charm really can go i think um uh, uh my sister said something to me one time she said you know what uh oh, i'm trying to think of what the actual phrase itself is but like you can be you know people with charm just kind people make it charming people make it far in the world right yeah. like i i get that and when and charm will only get you so far apparently it'll it'll get you a, a broadway musical if you're drew gasparini <laughs> but uh, <laughs> it'll get you keone and mari uh, if you're yeah, drew gasparini right. but um but no i get that and and charm is definitely something that i have used um uh, to my benefit and and more often to my own detriment in the long run but like yeah I so uh, well, no, it's true. Uh, but, um, you know, at, at the end of the day, I know that you and I, there's something within us that like, that really we just want to make people happy and just that want to everybody yes. to be okay. Yes. We just want everybody to be okay. A hundred percent. You know? Yes. That's and I get that. It's like, just it. be okay. And sometimes we're willing to sacrifice our own wants and needs and like even sense and, and or like just to, just to be okay. And that's something that I... Until, oh, sorry, that's my child's down there. My child's like, please, I'm trying to show you how to get into the army base. Like he's like, it's Fortnite. This oh is fucking. I just please let this fucking end. Just <laughs> seriously, can you just um, can you just just anthrax rice yeah. and just. Yeah. Just, just pipe well. it through, <laughs> pipe it through the microphone towards <laughs> my mouth through. and nose. Uh, yes. What were you saying about being charming? <laughs> so anyway, <laughs> making sure everyone's happy killed me. And so it wasn't until recently, um, before my desire to end it all with ricin, that I, I just have started to get comfortable with the concept of no, the yeah. concept of of being a, almost like a no ninja, which is like, I want to take Ooh, on all these yeah. different projects. I want to take on all these things. I want to be able to do all this stuff for people to help their charities to be all this. But I recognize that now more than ever, I have to conserve my strength, my energy, my efforts, because uh, if I don't, I just end up 
pleasing no one. You know, that whole adage about you try and please everyone, but you end up pleasing no one. And yeah. I realized that it waters down the product that I'm putting out. I, that, I hope everybody really just absorbed every word you just said. And being mm. a no ninja, that is that is something that I'm stealing, first of all. Cut them off quick. Yeah. I, I But seriously, if you yes everybody, you're not yesing yourself at some point. And that mm-hmm. is a very important to re- thing to remember, especially in show business, which now we're kind of getting there. Because by the time you really became a name in show business... You were uh, very young. You were in your young 20s, is that right? Yeah, 20, 22. 22 years old, Jesus Christ. We're going to hold on. We're going to do a TO because I mm. drank seven billion cups of coffee so that I could be up early. Ladies and gentlemen, hold on. I'm saying this. I, none of this is getting edited. I love, I love the candor of this. Great. I am up. I woke up at 7 a.m. so that I could be awake for this because I'm on West Coast time. Justin's on East Coast time. And this was the time that we could make this work after a few reschedules. And now I've over-coffeed. And I'm going to pee in my pants if I don't run and do that. <laughs> I'm going to pause it, but remind me, remind me to unpause this recording. Oh, yes, 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 yes. Pause right. the recording. I'll be right all right bye while while drew's gone and he's he's not gonna hear this but i just have to tell you i'm so glad you're listening to this podcast because drew is funny he's a a wonderful artist he's a wonderful human being but really at underneath all of it he's like one of the sweetest most kindest most gentlest people i mean he don't don't get me wrong he's done some horrible shit in his life as have we all but he really is an absolute love and has a beautiful, beautiful spirit. And I'm glad that you're listening to this podcast because it's going to make you laugh, uh, but it's also going to uh, touch you and teach you and things that maybe you wouldn't have heard otherwise if it weren't for uh, the wonderful, I guess, um, uh, transitional fluid of humor. Okay, never mind. He's back. Hey. Back. Yeah, we're back. Oh, I wonder what happened. What did I miss? No. You didn't miss jack shit. Fuck off, man. Okay, great. You didn't miss anything. And uh, we're recording, right? Nothing just happened. I didn't just leave to go pee. So <laughs> that's, that's right, exactly. Yeah, that's right. We paused the recording. Everything's fine. And, and we, uh, but right before we paused, we were just about to talk about your your young brain entering yeah. a gigantic new realm. And I will say this, and I'm sure you like to this day, you probably get stopped in the street. Well, maybe the mask. I don't know. But <laughs> before all this happened, right. I know, like I, when I was with you ten years ago, that was still basically. 10 years after it's almost almost been 20 years since american yeah. Idol. is that, is that Can right you believe that i can't believe that i remember yeah. watching that season like everybody else it's amazing to me that i know people like you because i was one of those people like calling yeah. to vote and like oh my god watching that yeah. that season I didn't want uh, Kelly Clarkson to win. I didn't want you to win. So, <laughs> I was just uh, gonna. Say, I was just gonna say Kelly Clarkson says thanks for that vote. By the way. <laughs> no, 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 no. Uh, she didn't. Uh, clearly, she didn't need my vote. Uh, but yeah. my my, what was it like to be thrown into something as mega as that? Because this is before American Idol started just being this regular thing. Right. It was a phenomenon. This was season one. Like you have the privilege of saying I was. I mean, yeah. holy shit, you were season one. This is big, big deal stuff. So what what did that feel like being tossed in? Yeah, okay. Well, I want to back up just a little bit from there back because- you like. We can back up <laughs> when, I was, beep, when I was not taking beep, a piss. Yeah. So, because um, I, I, there is a bit of a preface. And so growing up the way I did with the parents that I did, 
Um, and then you throw in my stepfather, uh, who was is uh, still an electrical engineer and a physicist. Like so, oh god, doing math with him was like torture. Oh my because, god. Because uh, yeah, because I'm like I, I'm an asshole. I'll never get math right. Because <laughs> here's yeah. this guy who is mathematics, but he taught me the a lot. Word mathematics um, gives me hemorrhoids. Just oh my god. Yeah. 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 God, yeah. It's <laughs> it's the worst. And so. Um, I I grew up with the this sort of like such a interesting strange kind of almost made for performance and except for the math part um, uh, and sort of like tinkering and why why I say with my my stepfather is that he taught me like DOS on the computer and like technologically this that and the other and got me really interested in tech and so growing up with all of that. Um, I found myself in 2002, early on, I was in a job uh, where I basically was a party pumper for bar and bat mitzvahs, right? And so, like, wow. yeah, and so I worked for this company, Cutting Edge Entertainment, a DJ company, weddings, bar and bat mitzvahs, all that, the other. And it was the single best job up to that point that I had ever had. I loved it. I could sing. I could dance. I could perform. And I worked with the most difficult crowd you could ever work with spoiled 13 year olds oh yeah that's that's a tough one right and yeah. so i had to entertain them deflect their insults keep them away from bubble and mom and dad while they were oh, having a drink like so yeah. it was such an amazing proving ground and really got me prepared to really step into what I wouldn't know would be a situation where I was having on a daily basis the demands that I would be having. And so when I showed up to audition, I had no yeah. clue what it was. And I remember going through the audition and that story is documented. Like, um, I Google that kids. Yeah. Google that kids. And because you can watch my audition where I walk in with Simon, Paula, and Randy, and I'm wearing my dad's like ski jacket and this long shit. We all look like shit in the early 2000s, and I was no exception. <laughs> the choices that right? Made, yeah. right, the terrible choices, uh, terrible clothing choices, and um, and so I walked and I did my thing, and they're like, "You're going to Hollywood," and I was like. Okay, yeah, because I don't yeah. know what that. No, 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 it means I'd never been to California in my life. Wow. Um, never been to the West Coast in my life. So I was like, I'm getting a free plane ticket. And what ended up happening, wouldn't you know it, I'm sitting there in my car about to go to work. I was on a little bit of a lunch break, and uh, I get this phone call. And in college, I auditioned for this little show. It was in and out of the theaters, unfortunately. Um, it was called The Lion King. Didn't oh, yeah. do very well. Sure. Didn't, that one, I, I missed that one. That yeah, exactly. Yeah. Right. No, there's probably you can go to the Lincoln Center and, and maybe catch it in the archives. But um, <laughs> I was auditioning for that thing. And I got so far master classes, all the like just before uh, getting my foot on the stage, basically. And they're like, yeah, we'll get back to you. We'll get back to you. We don't have the right spot. We don't have the spot. And then, of course, when I booked this other gig going out to LA, uh, Jay Bender's office calls me up and say, we finally have the spot. This is after four years of auditioning for this thing. My dream was to go to Broadway. Yep. Literally Broadway calls, like the old joke, right? Broadway calls yep. on the phone. And I say, well, there's this thing out in LA. Um, yeah. Let me let me call you back in a week. And yeah. so I go out there and maybe, you know, they, they get 200 kids or 125 kids or something like that from... Uh, around the country and the next day they cut it in half and then the next day after that they do some more cuts and so Hollywood week is just like 
what you see on TV where there's a lack of sleep. They yep. put you through the ringer on purpose because they have to know that when you are live on this show that you are not going to fall apart. And yeah. so they beat you up real hard that first week. It's like a boot and camp, like drill sergeant. It is. Thing. Oh my Absolutely. God. They throw lyrics at you. They throw changes at you. They make you do choreography. They make you do all kinds of stuff with the express purpose of trying to break you to see who to see who will be able to keep up because the schedule I mean now is yeah. 10 times worse even than it was then because you have so much more social media and all that stuff because that right, didn't exist right. back oh my then. God, I didn't even right, think about yeah. that. And so I mean, we can talk all about that. But long story slightly less long, um, I was in the Pasadena Civic Center. And because, you know, you, you live out there and you grew up out there, so you know what the Pasadena Civic Center is. It's like where the BET Awards are held. Mm -hmm. Like all these big, beautiful award shows are held in there. Wonderful shows have come through there. And I remember being... Um, in, in the aisle, walking down towards the stage, um, and all the kids to my right were sitting there in the big sort of the, the orchestra section, and the judges were at their desk, and the lights and the cameras, and I was just going back to, to go sit down to wait to be called up to do whatever next torturous thing I had to do, and I, all of a sudden I just broke out into tears. Now, I'm not really one for tears now, more so, I would say. But definitely at 22, I was not someone who would just cry at the drop of a hat. Right. And I just looked at that stage and I broke out into tears. And in that moment, I recognized, oh, my God, I am singing on the same stage that Michael Jackson first premiered the moonwalk. I'm singing yeah. on the same stage where so many of my heroes have performed. And, like, I get to... I'm I'm here and I'm doing this and it was in that moment for no rhyme or reason completely stepping out on faith of course I didn't recognize that at the time I was 22 right, I didn't know right. shit but like I was just like the, the decision was made inside me I literally called up Broadway and I said thank you I'm so honored it's been my dream to be on Broadway but I think I'm just gonna go I have a good feeling about this thing wow. And that was how it was launched into what would be a catalyst for 18 years now of film, television, um, hosting, doing all kinds of shit on in theater, and just like uh, TV well, commercials and all weird shit. Because because like the talent was clearly there, the ambition was clearly there, yeah. the work ethic was clearly there. But do you think that American Idol got you there or do you think it just got you there quicker? Because yes, you've had all these opportunities and you've had this like decades almost now long yeah. career. Yeah. And I, in my eyes and just having known you and what you put into it, like even the, I don't know who knows this about you or who doesn't know this about you, but you're, a, you're not just an entertainer the way that you are. You're not just a working artist the way that you are. You're also a family man with a wife and kids yeah. in a house and you, you live- you <laughs> Three live dogs. And three dogs and an elephant and a flamingo and Lord oh, knows what else you have on this God. compound of yours. But I, I think that no matter what, this was gonna be your destiny. I think American Idol, that was there, they, there's, there they are yeah, the package. That's one of the, the dogs, <laughs> yes, right? Probably um, eating one I, of the other ones. I think that with, even without American Idol, this would have been your trajectory because it just seems like there wasn't a choice necessarily. This was your yeah. destiny. Yeah, I, I, it was. Thank you for all those kinds of kind well, words. Well, sure, but and then you know, proofs in the pudding, man. And you, you're such a good example. <laughs> Seriously, you're such a good example of someone who just you're you're relentless. We we're, yeah, we're trying to get it. rid of you for years. I know. I keep. I'm I'm like herpes. I just keep coming back when like at the worst time, right? And so, um, you know, I. Yes. And I think it would have been because, again, had that 
American Idol not happened, I yeah. would have been in The Lion King, right? I don't know if I would have had the same career. Uh, a lot of people come out of that show with <laughs> pretty terrific injuries because of yeah, just the way yeah. the show is. But um, I, I don't know. It was always something that was my dream, and I was being relentless about it. But I will say that American Idol was the rocket fuel. I 100%. mean, you cannot buy. If you think about it now, it seems obscene because 30 to 50 million people every single week watch that show more 50 towards the finale but like yeah that's like super bowl number you can't get a show you most shows are dancing producers are dancing in the street if you get a million people to watch yeah. and now you have this monolith that comes out of seemingly nowhere yeah. where 30 million people can watch and the beauty of it is that you can watch it with your entire family yeah well, we don't listen. They don't need a commercial. We need to plug why America. Well, so much for that check. So much for that check. Yeah, say bye to Thanks. that one. But yeah. uh, like this, it really was. I mean, and we're gonna scoot past American Idol in a minute. But it, yeah. this really was a thing that you were on the show for even be, before it got to the finale, and, and like you must have been noticed on the street overnight. I mean, like it was. Like, yes. Oh yeah. It, like, yeah. That was a phenomenon. How did you take yeah. to fame? You know what I mean? How well, was it scary? Was it was it, did you really feel like you lost a bit of yourself or did you feel very comfortable? Uh, a little bit of both. I mean, yeah. it was it was something where I was prepared for fame because I was around it all throughout my childhood. Mm -hmm. I was sort of like in in it but not of it or one of those things and sure. like um and so I saw a lot of what went well, what didn't go well. I was offered a record contract at 16 years of age, and I said, no, I want to have a childhood because I would look at people mm -hmm. um, uh, who were around me and who I saw and who were miserable, who had been child stars and whatnot. And, and so, like, I had that coming into it. But once... The, there's this time during American Idol, especially back then, where you would... They would pre-tape a whole bunch of stuff, and then they'd send you home. And then it would air... And then people would see it or not see it and they would be like, hey, and they'd start to recognize you. But then they fly you back and you are in it's like the White House, you know, it's like yeah. the golden cage. Right. You're in there and you're protected. And they really did and still do a great job of protecting, uh, obviously, their their money. <laughs> right. Oh, Which yes. is us. Which is yeah. good. But they protect us. And then <laughs> that was um, a very real statement right there. Yeah. But yeah. it really is true. I mean, like, come on, this guy's yeah. one zeros. And so, like, uh, I will say, though. I grew up in Hollywood, mm -hmm. and that is not the greatest place to grow up ever. Yeah. Um, you know, I I went from 22 to about 28, and in that time, I went from being someone who was very naive, who wanted to please, and who yeah. thought that if he did good work, the, the powers that be would take care of him. Mm -hmm. um, and I, I went from that to really truly being horrifically jaded um uh, i went from being you know in essence a millionaire to having blown all of it yeah. um to then just kind of finding my way back and so like i i learned in that six years took not only a crash course in just you know adulthood but in the business itself and at the same time 
just this my saving grace was the fact that I was a young and be relentless that I just was like okay I'll do this I'll try that I'll try this I'll try that I'll try this I'll go here I'll do this live red carpet all the things that I was good at I was fortunate to be able to be given an opportunity to do but it wasn't until I really came back to New York and I was given the opportunity to be in Women on the Verge of a Nervous Breakdown, my first That's Broadway right. show. Absolutely, David That Yazbeck. I really, yes, Yazbek all the way in Jeffrey Lane. And, and it just like, that was the almost, it was literally a full circle because the opening night party for Women on the Verge was held in the Millennium Hotel in one of the conference rooms in Times Square where I sat and I waited to audition for American Idol. Oh, wow. It How was such a full circle moment. nuts is that? What is this? Is 2010, 2009? Something, something like that. Yeah, oh I think it's 2009, maybe yeah. 2008, 2009, something like that. Wow. Wow, that is kind of a full circle moment. I really love that. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere. And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at Chumba Casino. No purchase necessary. BTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing the Godfather at Chabacasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at chumpacasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Um, okay, Let's, let, me, let me scoot to what, I, and I'm not kidding, I've gotten texts and texts and texts from people because I've told people that I was going to be talking to you today. <laughs> and the, the one question that continues to pop up mm-hmm. has to do with from Justin to Kelly, sure. which is uh, the cult movie of the millennium. <laughs> I guess. Uh, I just right? like the people. It's it's two. It's both things. People love yeah. to hate it or they hate yes. to love it. Like it really. Yes. They, can't, they can't handle yes. how much they actually enjoy this. And yes. the question that I laughed at and loved and wanted to ask was. Are you still tight with any of the people from that? <laughs> Kelly excluded. Are you are you hanging with this cast still? Are you guys on a text Oh thread? man, that's so funny. I was on Kelly's show. Gosh, it was just before COVID happened. Yes, Kelly invited I saw me a bit back, that. and that was great. And so, uh, yeah, that was the last time that I, I saw her. But um, I will say that it's interesting what kind of happened from that cast because look you have anika noni rose who is like obviously uh, a very very good at what she does and i think she's at least a tony nominee um if not a winner i think she might be nominee at the very least uh and then you have uh brian dietzen who is on ncis he's like one of the guys he's like on one of those shows those shows where he'll be like 80 and they'll be like mr dietzen it's time it's time. You know, like, the, and it'll be like, no, no, I, no, I'm not leaving. No. <laughs> I'm not leaving. Oh no, I dead cold dead hands. And so uh, that's one of those things. And then there's this guy, uh, Greg Siff, who was like, so Brian and Greg, 
uh, were like the, the party boys or whatever the hell we called it. And uh, it was, yeah, oh my God. It was just like, just, uh, it was something. And um, so he is actually a an amazing artist, like yeah. visual artist. And so the answer is no. I don't really like, like hang or like talk with any of them, but I know uh, of them. And every once in a while we'll come back around and just be like, oh, hey, what's up, man? How you doing? And uh, I follow Greg and Brian and uh, um, Aniko on the interwebs, on the socials. But, yeah, no, we don't really, like, hang out. But it's just one of those weird things. And I love, again, it's just, like, as as great and as terrible as American Idol was, as great and as, as terrible as from Justin Kelly was, um, I soaked up because of that relentless nature, because of that desire to tinker and break apart and see how things work. I was there in every place they would let me. They'd be like, oh, Justin, like I would be like the yeah. magician who just like poof. Oh, there yeah. he is in the producer's yeah, yeah. tent. Poof. Oh, there he is. Like watching, like standing behind the stage manager. And so with from Justin to Kelly, I really focused on how can I learn how filmmaking works so that when I'm on the side of the camera, everybody sees I can make it easier for everyone else to get their job done. How can I understand continuity? See, how can I again. understand? This is such a common thread for you is how out of your way you go to make sure that it's everybody else is pleased. Everybody yeah. else is, yeah. is somewhat yeah. happier and make you're making their life easier, which is a great yeah. thing. But, but yeah. here we are now you're the no ninja. And yeah. I, I, and <laughs> which again, I'm just robbing you of that. That's fine. Um, That's cool. It's going to be a karate kid, isn't it? Yeah, <laughs> Daniel, yeah. Daniel son, you've got to be a no ninja. You got to become a no the... ninja. And then we, <laughs> That's and people. Everyone walks out at that line, and we get a closing right. notice. Uh, That's great. That's great. There goes my one percent. Right? Yeah. Uh, are you? Are you? I mean, you and Kelly had such an experience together. I feel like yeah. you more than everybody else on the show mm -hmm. because you went and get. They looked at you like we're gonna make so much money off you kids. We're gonna make a movie about you. We're gonna yeah, have albums coming out at the same time. Yeah. And uh, when you were on her show, was it like? How the hell have you been? Where have you been? Or is it kind of yes. like you picked up where you left off? Well, it, a little bit of both. You know, I think we hadn't seen one another in the better part of a decade, if not yeah. more. The last time I had seen her. Just because of life and career. Life. And, yeah. And just yeah. being in two completely different orbits. Sure. Um, and so uh, it was great. It was fine. It was, uh, it just was kind of one of those things where you're like, I was just like, hey, thanks so much for having me on. Just go, oh, yeah, great. The interesting thing about Kelly is that who you see on the TV yeah. is who she is. You don't you don't get two different versions of Kelly. I'm That's sure one of the beautiful things. The it's Kelly true. And it's one of the reasons that. why she is so beloved. I mean, obviously, besides just who she is and like her talent and everything sure, else that she makes sure. you feel. But like she is exactly who she is on the television as she is on the um, uh, street. And so when uh, a thing about her is that she doesn't really love like silences. So she fills the silence. She'll yeah. talk. She'll fill. So so there can be times when it is like a little bit hard to get to 
Kelly and in that moment like get to the the heart of Kelly and like sure. why should anybody be allowed there unless she's she says they should but right, sure. it's interesting it's interesting when we had our conversation because it just didn't feel like super different she is who she always has been and she's just kind and sweet and she was really open with me and on the show we had a lot of fun and had some laughs and yeah. and so when you go through an experience like that with someone and obviously at the time you know we felt in love and there was a whole thing there and it just was yeah. like a it was a thing and and great we were both like children what did we know um right, right. and and so i just i'm just so glad that i was able to have that experience with her because who she is and the grounded nature that she has and the no nonsense nature that she has uh, always had and also just the business acumen and the 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 understanding of how the system works yeah was such a wonderful thing for me to learn from and at 22 when i was like i'll do a great job and they'll take care of me she yeah. was the the sense in all of that and uh, uh you know i she definitely helped me make some decisions that um helped me to avoid some pretty stupid situations and so i mean you go through a, yeah. something like that together that's like yeah. no matter what no matter how much space you take from each other over time yeah. that's a bond that is always going to be there because it was only for i mean what seemingly to us observers at least it really was the two of you going through that together yeah that that the finale of american idol the whole mm -hmm. season itself and then what you guys kind of get tossed into is what it looks right. like. The whole thing feels like such a machine. And I don't yeah. think everybody has a sense of show business to the point that they can necessarily empathize with, with what that feels like. So I think mm -hmm. it's really, really cool that you were able to get on her show and talk to her and that you guys can continue to kind of be, you're in the lore of pop culture because of that movie. Yeah. You yeah. are in the lore of pop culture because of uh, first season of American Idol and this, that, the other. I think it's amazing. And she's got on to do whatever it is she's doing. And it's, again, just like you on a different level for sure, but multifaceted. And yeah. that's Kelly Clarkson. But back to you being multifaceted. You, <laughs> uh, about her. Yeah, yeah, enough of, yeah let's, this isn't, I, I, I asked her to come on the show. She was unavailable. Yeah. I um, <laughs> that's right. No, no, no. Old but, runner but up Guarini. I really want to make this about you in this sense because uh, I don't want to w waste much more time and I want to make sure that this gets edited in, in a nice way and we actually get to hear these these important things you're saying about your story because I, I mm. think a lot of artists are listening to this podcast and I think a lot of people- <laughs> Let's hope, fingers crossed. Let's, let's fingers crossed. Otherwise they're like, Gasparini, Guarini, Italians, I'm in. And, and that's like, a totally different podcast. Um, but from TV to a movie to Broadway to uh, being the the face of Dr. Pepper. I mean, <laughs> it's so ridiculous, isn't it? I don't want to ask this question because it seems so like red carpety or it seems sure. so like I'm out of questions, but it's a sincere thing. You've done all these things, not to mention as an artist and a songwriter and stuff like that. Yeah. I've heard your yeah. stuff. Your shit's great. You have stuff out there. People go listen to it. It's great. You're one of the few people who's heard it. But you know what? I hope people listen to it, period, because yeah. it's worth listening to. You play these instruments. You're multi-instrumentalist. Yes. You're, you're a singer. Mm. And one of my great memories, just a tangent for a second, is when mm. we 
were doing rent. And there would be these little things at like a bar or whatever that we would just like, you were asked cause you were like the celebrity, like you came into the show as the celebrity person mm. and you mm. would be asked to go sing at a bar or something in the, on the Jersey shore. This is where we did this. And yeah. I remember this, you sang like, I think it was a Stevie wonder song. I could be wrong. I, I don't know, but all of a sudden, my brain stopped hearing Roger. You're doing this rock thing with your voice. And I was like, holy shit, it's Justin from American Idol. Like, I, like, <laughs> I couldn't fucking believe it. Anyway, yeah. small, small little aside, but back to what I was saying. You Now that you're, you're in a position where, or maybe this is a better question. Are you in a position where it's like, okay, what's next for me? I can decide. Or are you waiting for someone to pull you in that direction? Are you waiting no. for, you got a Broadway show down the pipeline because it is going to open back up and the uh, Once Upon a One More Time is, is going to be there. Yeah. Little Sweet's here to stay, it looks like, yeah. for a little yeah. bit longer, I'm hoping. He is enjoyable yeah. to watch. What the fuck else? Movies, TV, What? where else do you see yourself going again and again and again? Or do you want to be like, nah, I'm going to do ceramics? Yeah, <laughs> I'm just gonna put. Remember that scene from Ghost where he comes up behind her. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You're gonna right. be a sexy a, person. Oh my god! Yes, exactly. It's gonna be great. So, um, I, I really, a couple of years ago, two years ago, when I turned forty, it hit me. A, I'm forty. Like what? I don't feel like it. Certainly don't act like it. Certainly don't and... look like it either. Hey, I'm younger. Cheers. I'm younger than you, and I look seventy-eight years old. <laughs> It's, I, I age like a squash oh, sitting man. in the sun. Well, look, excessive masturbation will do that to you. I and know, so, I know. <laughs> Believe me, Really know. dries you out. Really, really robs you of the minerals. So, um, so I, two years ago, was like, I had an experience with a very popular Broadway show where, long story short, I spent a lot of time, uh, three months of my time, a lot of energy, a lot of money, uh, making sure that I was fully prepared um, to to present this show. And I was asked to, to do many auditions and many, many, many things. Mm -hmm. And uh, after doing all of that, um, waited a very long time to hear any feedback from, from the auditions, of which were many, um, and uh, important. And I got back the answer, no. And that was it. Just yeah. no. And it was the biggest fuck you that I think I've ever felt in the 20 plus years of my professional career yeah. because I was asked to do everything under the sun and then just discarded um, because I didn't. I don't even know why I was discarded. That's the thing. If they said, oh, X, Y, and Z, any feedback would have been nice. But they just were like, nah, fuck it, whatever. So and it are just... we not allowed to say the title of the show? I would prefer not to. Does it uh... rhyme with Jamilton? <laughs> <laughs> uh, you may be correct. And <laughs> so, who's to uh... say that's not a yes or a no? Who's anyway. to... That's not a yes or a no, uh, but it smells right. So... Um... <laughs> That being said, uh, it was a huge fuck you. And I love the show. I love yeah. the people who work on the show. I love the entire people. No love lost, but it was a catalyst. And I'm, I'm thankful for it because I said, oh, my God, I am not top of the charts by any stretch in terms of, you know, Broadway name and all that shit and bankability. But I was like, if they can treat me like that, what's everybody else getting treated like great, who is anywhere below? Line. And so that was a question that I asked with, and I was like, and then it, it led me to another question. It's like, how can I make sure that I never feel this way again? Mm -hmm. And then it led me from there to the next question of, well, how can I make sure that my people 
you know, my theater folks, my people who audition never have to feel this way again. And so yeah. over the past two years, I've developed first um, the uh, Warrior Artist Alliance was my first thought because I was like, let's get us all together. Let's let's you know, there is a, a going into battle and arming ourselves and shielding ourselves that comes with the audition process and being artists in general, especially, yeah. you know, it, putting our work out there and being vulnerable, whether you're it's a, someone who's a composer and a, and a lyricist and a writer like you or or someone who is singing, dancing, acting, whatever it is. And then from there, it evolved into audition secrets. Like, what are the secrets for auditioning that really help people get the job and avoid the pitfalls that people don't think about? We, there's, there's that. And then it evolved into now the online audition academy because we are online now, right? Yeah. This are oh, yeah. our, all of it is. So anyway, so. Of course, yes, there's Low Sweet. Of course, yes, there's Broadway. And I'm blessed to be able to say, of course, yes, right? Yes. But yes, I know, I know that right now, and in 2021, I've taught a couple of master classes this past year. 2020 was a real sort of self discovery and gave me a lot. It's like 2020 vision, right? I, I, yeah. I took this time to really focus in on, okay, not only. What is my what's going on in my life, my family's life, my personal life? What's going on in my business life? Whether that's everything from uh, um, how's my marketing, how's my sales, how's my optics and my cash flow and my understanding of all that shit, and then what's going on with the same sort of financial situation in my personal life. So I took this year to really get that together, and I'm still in the process of like getting it together and all that shit. And now I have much more clarity. Yeah. My message much more clear and it ain't perfect and it will evolve. But I have so much more clarity than I did in March when they said the entire world is shutting down and go fuck yeah. yourself. And I walked around in a fog for two weeks and and just was like, what's my life? What is any of this? Why should I go on? And then, you know, now here I am at the end. And I know now so much more is is set and, and sacred in my life. And I have these wonderful opportunities that will come down the pike. But right now, I'm in this position of mentoring, of coaching, and of putting out a message, and of helping people gain clarity, understand their mindset when it comes to being an artist, and then helping them develop a process, and yeah, then yeah, showing yeah. them the equipment. And then, the, you know, it's like I've systemized, you know, we look at all these other businesses, whether it's financial services, or real estate, or whatever the hell, you weight loss, or, yeah. or, you know, relationships, things like that, or health even, and they're these systemized things. Here's step one, here's step two, here's step three. Yeah. But we don't have that in our business. No, it's fly by the seat of your pants. You're, exactly. You're totally right. Yeah. And there's the sort of there's a lack of integrity there, and there is an opportunity for wolves to come into that system and yeah. take advantage of us, as they do, as they have done throughout. You know, the 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 Weinstein's and all that of the world. You 100%. know, have done right. And yeah. so, how is there a way? My my question, and I love asking good, better questions. Like, you know, how can we as artists empower ourselves so that we become uh, uh, we overcome, I should say, the um, mindset and the belief that we are just cattle to be led to slaughter or that right. we are just, you know, a uh, dime a dozen, you know. And, and, the, and the truth is there will never be a shortage of actors, right? There will no. never be a shortage of the But how can 
those who are willing to make the sacrifice and do the work, how can we empower ourselves and create a system that allows us to manufacture our success instead of just hoping we're going to be successful? I Everything you just said is so spot on. And uh, I always tell artists, because we lose sight of it. I say mm -hmm. we because we're part of this, this, yes. this big thing. You got to be your own CEO. And Amen. no one teaches you how to do that. You really, really have to learn how to treat yourself as the enterprise, as the business. Yeah. You're not just yeah. a cog in someone else's machine. They can't do it without you, but they somehow yes. make you believe that you're so lucky to be here. When it's both, it, it works both sides. Yes. I really, really appreciate it. You know what I like about talking to you, Justin, is that <laughs> your whole story, really, just going back to what we, everything we said from from high school and 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 your parents and how you're raised in the back of a cup car <laughs> through American Idol up till now, you have an arc. You have such yeah. a great arc. And it's Jeez. just like, I feel like we're at this new beginning for you where I, you, you, you sound enlightened. You sound like you've, <laughs> you've seen, you've seen the forest for the trees a little bit and you have fooled another one, <laughs> fooled another one. Justin's been drinking this whole time. He's probably going to forget this entire interview. <laughs> exactly. You're um, great. It's true. I love you, brother. Well, let me just say, cause I want to wrap this up because you've, you've given more than enough of your time and uh, I can't wait to put this, this episode together and, and get it up there. Cause, but uh, since I've met you, it was in, it was intimidating the first day I met you just because of who you were. It really was. It really was. Who but you thought you I was, I, anyway. Yeah, well, sure. That's what I had built in my head. But you yeah. and I clicked right away. I yeah. was so happy to have had the experience of doing that show with you. And I'm just so happy that it has turned into a friendship where it, months and months can go by. But the minute we text, it's like the same sense of humor. We're Absolutely. Still, we're still at each other. And every yeah. time you've collaborated with me, whether it's on my album or that, that little random gig we did with the Virginia Symphony, that was so fun. Oh, my God. Yeah, that's right. That? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. And, you know, yeah. just, my family loves you. I love you. I, yeah. I really appreciate I you taking too. the time. And what I love about this conversation is how much I feel like people are going to learn. It's you have had one hell of a journey and I it's it's amazing that you shared it with me. Today. Thanks, man. Yeah. Absolutely. Well, thank you for the opportunity. And, and man, I appreciate so much of what it is that you do. I cannot wait to see what Karate Kid comes out like, because wow. this is, I, you know, when when it hits and when it does well, because I really believe it will, okay. it's going to be one of those things that like people are like, oh, yeah, Drew Gasparini, blah, blah, blah. and everybody, you know, everybody's always like, you know, Drew Gasparini, we love Drew Gasparini. <laughs> and like, <laughs> right, they always do that anyway. But I think they're going to be like, they're really on a mass scale. And if it's not this, it'll be something else. Because again, you have that drive. And the point of what I'm saying is that you have worked so hard for so many years. And we see like these people come out of nowhere and these overnight yeah. successes. And, th and that's not what you are. But I'm saying like what people don't see is how hard you work and you're putting together a podcast, which is like not easy. I had one and I was like, fuck this because like it's like, it's like so much work yeah, and so you're is. putting a musical together and then you're doing like a podcast and then God knows you got something going with Chloe and your fan and like, you know, yeah. you have a whole thing and, and it's just, it's really awesome to just have the chance to sit down with you and share some laughs. And you asked really great questions that other people actually haven't really asked me in like big interviews. And That's a win I, for me then, yay. Yeah, and I just love who you are 
and uh, beneath all the humor and beneath all of the uh, uh, the beard hair. there, chest yeah. hair. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's a hair of some sort, right? So yeah. If I walk around is, uh... shirtless, people go, "Is that a welcome mat?" Just walking oh from. God, That's there's, insane. there's oh a God. gorilla that escaped from the zoo. Yeah. I can't walk out during at the trank season. dart. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Exactly. Well, underneath all of that is a is a really kind, sweet, intelligent friend that I I feel honored uh, to have in my life. And thanks, man. Yeah. Thank you very much for this opportunity. I love you. And and you know what? Thanks for recording this episode. (laughs) You're welcome. How much is it worth to you? Oh, Jesus Christ. Guarini, you sexy son of a bitch. How dare you say all those kind things about me while I was taking a piss? Hey, you know what? Thanks so much for tuning into this episode of Now We're Talking. Now We're Talking is a proud member of the Broadway Podcast Network. Of course, you know the spiel. You can find out more about me and this podcast at bpn.fm slash now we're talking. You can find me on Instagram and Twitter at Drew Gasparini. And you can find me on TikTok if you want to get crazy with me at the Drew Gasparini. Make sure to subscribe and rate this podcast wherever you stream your podcast and keep tuning in for more fun and amazing guests. Gosh darn it, Justin Guarini, I'll never not love you. Hey, it's Leslie Odom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the RISE Theater Directory, a program of maestro music. RISE is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theater professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the RISE Theater Directory to find your next team. Create your profile now and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R-E-R-I-S-E-T-H-E-A-T-R-E.org because only together we rise. It is Ryan here and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper, a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver? I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.